What's Shaken Parkinson's podcast, where we explore information to learn about and to offer you a bi-weekly insight into the world of Parkinson's disease. Thanks for joining. What's happening? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, what's on my mind? Um, DBS. DBS. Good. Hopefully it's taken some stuff off your mind as well. Um, uh, it's been, uh, I guess, about three weeks, four weeks since your programming's been done? Um, yes, about that. Yes. Awesome. And uh, I'm feeling good. Um, having some issues, though. Um, what they are is um, I... I went to the doctor and simple thing, he forgot to plug it in. So, um, I mean, he, he just forgot to do some things on his end. So it wasn't charged. Right. So they couldn't do the, um, the, the appointment with me, which didn't make me too happy. Yeah. Um, but, um, so Brenda suggested we do it, um, you know, um, Chalamet, uh-huh. which was a great idea. Uh, Dr. Ratliff has not done that yet. Um, so this would be his first one. He wasn't comfortable with that. He wanted to learn it more, which sure. is fine. Sure. Um, so that puts back a little bit. And um, actually, he's going to do it with me now. Yeah, on October twelfth. So um, good. And, and so we'll we go there. Ahead. Brendan and I will go there, and he'll do it. And then um, after that, you know, he's going to do them intermittently. Like you know, he'll, he'll do the um, remote ones. Uh huh. Awesome. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's a good thing. I mean, um, it's not really what I wanted. I just wanted to get the information, you know, right away and everything, and get a tweak because I felt I needed it. Sure. Um, I mean, um, I've had actually a, a bad couple weeks with it. Um, I mean, at first I was out, and this is miraculous, and we're gonna take it down one step. Yeah. It, it's still amazing stuff. But I mean, I, I'm having a problem walking. Uh-huh. I woke up yesterday and I couldn't walk. I mean, um, my, 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 I was shuffling and then I was falling down. And I fell down about six times. I got the um, need to prove it. And um, it, it was very disconcerting. Yeah. And this, though, all is before programming. Before no, I'm programming. The tweaking of the program. Yes, yeah, I'm programming, but now it's not a tweak. And he hasn't done any of that. Just to tell him what to tweak. I mean, just yeah. sort of, yeah. We'll see if the tw- that's something the tweak can address or not. But yeah, but um, I it, don't it, know. That would have been a good thing to ask our our guest on today's episode, um, Carl Wittig, who's, yeah. who's the rep from Abbott Labs. Yes, and yes. I you, you hadn't at the time we interviewed with Carl. You weren't quite experiencing this yet. Right. That's yeah. correct. That's correct. And um, it's it was very very disappointing. I mean. Yesterday, I was just falling all over the place. I mean, I, 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 um, I was like a drunk. You know, every time I got up, I fell down. Um, yeah, my knees all swollen, and uh, I'm just, I'm just concerned. I mean, he's got to, he's, he's going to get a handle of it. I mean, he called me right back and everything, and um, he's concerned also, Doctor Ratliff. Good. So we'll, we'll get this together. But um, good, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be tracking it. Um, so far, again, you know, 
what I've seen um, is certainly uh, a huge um, improvement and, and life value uh, improvement. Yes, thank you. And that's that, the hope, and, and we're heading that direction. And I just hope this is just a little blip in the road, uh-huh. and we'll just keep on going and going forward. Good. Well, Carl's going to... Um, we Dr. Sharan gave us such a uh, in-depth, detailed um, description of the surgery itself, um, the effects that it has on the patient, mm-hmm. how it's done. Um, Carl is probably um, more familiar with this than anybody in that he attends every physician's uh, surgery. So he's he's seen different techniques. Yes. He's got a different perspective on it. Uh, he also is going to get more into the... Um, not just the why, but the why now. And, and I, the, one of the key things that I uh, found in that interview was the timing of everything and how vital that can be. Um, and, and he definitely focuses a lot on that. Yeah, absolutely, that. absolutely. I mean, t- time is of the essence. Yeah. And um, when you're getting up and just falling when you get back up, you know, it says, you know, so either you're real drunk or you're just having some problems. Just having some problems. Yeah, so... Uh, and you got help for the problems. Um, we've talked about a, a team advocacy, and Carl um, you know, identifies himself as one more member of that team if DBS is a, a chosen um, option for anybody. And he uh, he's there as an advocate to work with you, to work with your doctors, and to, to be one more resource. Yes. The more information, the better off you are. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, information is, is always wise. Um, it was interesting though. I thought possibly that um, Ratliff didn't want him um, uh, talking too much about it uh-huh. as far as um, my. Um, that's just a feeling. Uh-huh. Um, because um, because I called him up. I said, I got two weddings this weekend. You got to fix me up. I'm having problems. And, um, and I said, Yeah, could we do this remotely? And he couldn't, and he was away. And so I was going to call Carl, and he didn't want me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's all innocent. I think he just wants to, you know, do things in the right order. Absolutely. There's you know, and, and also that's fine. procedures to, yeah, yeah, to follow. A, like you say, fine. there's insurance regulations. There's Yeah, exactly. I mean, Carl came right up and stepped up and said, hey, I'll help you. And then I thought about it. Like, maybe they don't, you know, maybe it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Ratliff is going to call back today, um, and, um, you know, have some ideas for me and, um, hopefully I'll go to two bar, two, um, weddings over the weekend and uh, have a good time. Cool. All right. Let's get into Carl's interview. Good. Anyway, Frank, we've got a gentleman here we've been trying to get for a while. He's very, um, he's, he's a, he's a very good man who's helped me quite a bit. He, um, he's the salesperson for Abbott's Lab, and he has um, been um, very crucial in my participation in um, with Dr. Sharon. Um, he's helped me with Dr. Ratliff. He's helped me, of course, on his own, take, spending a lot of time with me. I thank him very much, and I'm very happy to introduce, and excuse me, how do you pronounce your last name? Wittig? Wittig. Wittig. Okay, Mr. Carl Wittig. Hi, Carl. Thanks for joining us on Without Shaking Parkinson's podcast. Hello, thank you very much, Hal. I appreciate the invite, and Frank, thanks for putting this all together. This is really cool. Uh, it's our pleasure. We've um, we've been able to do a few of these. We've been able to uh, share 
some you know, what we think at least is valuable information for people, for families. And uh, from the feedback we've gotten, um, it seems to be hitting some targets. So you know, we would love to share more of this expertise, uh, specifically um, having Hal just going through the DBS process and having Dr. Sharon explain um, some of the medical end. Um, we're uh, you know just want to broaden that out a little bit and understand more about the system, how you got into it, uh, maybe the background of the company, and anything you want to relate with us. Whatever's sure. in your mind. I mean, there's it's it's crazy to think about how much there is to talk about. Um, I mean, Hal will tell you that this journey is uh, physically and mentally a very long one for patients who are going through this. The journey uh, is the proper word too. Yeah, it's it's there's so much information out there um, to learn about. And there's a lot of misinformation out there too, just from DBS being around for as long as it has been. And I think that that might be one of the biggest um, misconceptions is that it's a new or experimental type of treatment. The reality is that DBS has been approved since the nineties uh, to treat people. So that's, you know, the first hurdle to get over is to realize this is something that's been around for a long time. Right. Even myself, you're asking, like, how did I get into it? I never even heard about DBS when I first heard about this opportunity. So when I heard about it, I thought it was really, really cool. And the more I learned about it, it was, you know, it just seemed like something that was really interesting in pursuing. And despite it being around for so long, it's still kind of in its infancy in a way uh, where now, you know, there's all these different companies, all these different technologies that are coming out and it's, it's good for everyone. It's good for us. It's good for patients. It's good for doctors. And it's really going to push the therapy forward. Um, my background, I guess, is in neuroscience. So mm -hmm. I went to, I, I was here in Philadelphia for my undergraduate degree at the university of Pennsylvania, studied neuroscience. Um, typically people in a role like this, are, they're biomedical engineers. So when I first was interviewing and I saw all these candidates who were biomedical engineers. I'm like, oh man, I'm in, the, I'm in the wrong place. But it ended up working out, fortunately. And I've been with Abbott DBS for four years and two months at this point. Nice. What were you doing before that? Uh, I was doing cardiovascular research at University of Pennsylvania um, with stem cells in mice. Wow. So not even close to what I'm doing now, but this is much more suited for not only my degree, but my, my interests and my passions. So I don't plan on going where, anywhere anytime soon. Uh -huh. yeah. how, how long has Abbott been around? What was there um, before getting into the DBS and had they had history already? So Abbott DBS launched in the United States in 2016. They were in Europe uh, a little bit before that. That's typically how things go in the US. We were a little bit more stringent with our FDA process. Abbott as a company has been around for over 130 years. Wow. So we have four main business units. Um, we have nutrition with products that you might be familiar with, like Ensure, uh, mm -hmm. protein drinks, Pedialyte for hydration, sure. zone, zone protein bars, things like that. <clears throat> then we have a diagnostics division uh, with things like, uh, I mean, most recently relevant might be the COVID tests that have been coming out. Um, the let's see diagnostics devices with deep brain stimulation spinal cord stimulation cardiac pacemakers and things of that nature and then pharmaceuticals being the last division of the company 
So I'm just, a, you know, a very, very small part of this gigantic organization, but it's incredible to know that there are people doing what I do on the microscopic level on all, in all those fields. So Abbott's been around for that long. I, I you know, they're, they're advertising more on TV. I've noticed. I, and they're mentioning really? their other products I've noticed. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. I'm, um, you know, I, you as a sales rep, I give you kudos. You're, uh, you're darn good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How large of a territory do you to cover? That's a great question. Um, so the nature of deep brain stimulation is that despite, you know, us knowing that Parkinson's is a very relatively common and growing diagnosis. There's still um, not a lot of places to offer the... Yeah, the, the surgeons, the, the functional neurosurgeon, that's the specific type of neurosurgeon who does these types of procedures as opposed to somebody who does tumors or, or hemorrhages or strokes, things like that, um, aneurysms. A deep brain stimulation neurosurgeon is what's considered a functional neurosurgeon. And those guys are, are kind of few and far between, much like movement disorder specialist neurologists. Uh, so I cover from as east as Philadelphia to as west as like Geisinger and Hershey. Sure. So and everywhere in between. So St. Luke's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, um, Lehigh Valley in Allentown. Let's see. Um Hershey, Geisinger in Danville, Geisinger in, in Wilkes-Barre. You know, I'm, I'm at all those places and I'm happy to work with them. And it's funny because all the places do things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're all very skilled surgeons and they have techniques to, the goal is to get the, the little wire in the perfect spot of each. Right. And there's many, many different ways to do that. So that's kind of that kind of plays into what I was talking about, about there being so much information out there for a person who's just thinking about doing DBS, let alone what company you go with. Where do I go to have this? this sure. Um, I had volunteered to um, just wheel how around uh, the local um, supply house or, or home center. Um, got a couple pieces of wire, a couple of drill bits, and yeah, yeah, hey. could have had it all done. But he said he wants to go to the hospital. Man. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I know. It, it, that's a, as enticing as that sounds, Dr. Sharon's, um, you know, robotic stuff is, is pretty interesting. And I always love teaching people and having them talk to him about his specific technique. And Hal will tell you, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, he, he, he told me he, he was so happy that I got the direct hit. He goes, now I understand a little bit more about the hit as you're saying this. Because I got the perfect spot on you, Hal. Because I was so happy. I felt like a, a, like an orchestra and I got the right note. You know, he said, it was just wonderful. There's nothing yeah. worse than that I, when, when you give blood and they don't quite hit the vein and they yeah. just keep moving the needle around and the vein bounces. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the complexity of the brain, obviously you're, you're working with such more infinite and, and detailed um, material to work with that the, uh, the challenge must be, you know, the training sure. to do so must be immense. For sure. And you're, you're basing it off of an MRI. So, you know, how got this very, very high resolution crystal clear MRI of his brain so that, I mean, obviously they don't take your whole skull off and look into the brain with their eyes right. using this really high resolution, high quality MRI to guide where the electrode is going. Mm -hmm. um, and then after the fact, they could get um, uh, what's called a CT scan um, and merge that back to the original MRI once the leads are in. So the CT scan will pick up the, the wires that are in now 
and they'll merge it back to the MRI before the wires were in, and then they could see where the wires ended up compared to the anatomy that the MRI shows. And that's how we can see after the surgery where they ended up compared to where we planned for them to end up. Uh-huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. It really is. And, and how- you, um, I don't know if people are aware, Frank, he, uh, he goes into the, um, the operating room right. with the doctors and, um, you know, gives his point of view and whatever. And, um, you know, you, you probably know more, more about this than uh, most of the doctors, Carl. I mean, that's, it's, it's funny because they do a lot of surgeries, you know, functional neurosurgery, DBS is part of it, but there are other types of surgeries that they're trained in, in their fellowship. So while they do DBS, they're also doing a lot of other things. And I'm, my whole existence is, is DBS. I'm not the one actually doing the surgery, thank God, but I'm, I'm in there and I run tests on the system, make things sure that everything's connected properly. Uh, if it's a place that does the procedure awake, I'll, you know, participate in patient testing, um, just talking the patient through the surgery because they are awake and things like that. And as fun as it is to be in the OR for the surgery and as interesting as it is, it doesn't compare to um, going to the follow-up appointment with neurology a couple weeks later, typically four weeks later, when the device actually gets turned on. Uh, That's when, you know, the reward comes in the more rewarding part comes in so hal and i were were together with uh dr ratliff when the device was first turned on and that's you know sometimes people have an immediate very dramatic response other people have a little bit of a response and it takes a couple weeks for the stimulation to kind of settle in and for their brain to get used to it but um either way you know it's really rewarding to see the, the effects of it after the fact Sure. It, it was immediate for me. And, um, you know, to me, it, it's like miraculous. I mean, it, it's like a miracle. I mean, I, I can't explain. I was very excited when I came home. And I, I, I should have sent you also, Carl. But I sent, I sent emails out to um, Dr. Sharon, Dr. Ratliff, just explaining my enthusiasm, how great I feel. And I understand it's not a cure-all. But I think what's out there and everything, it, it's the closest thing. And it's a closest thing to give you a quality of life that we need. Yeah, that's the whole point is it's a quality of life procedure. It's uh, it's not like a life or death brain surgery type of thing. And I think that brain surgery, the term has yes. some stigma around it, which is why a lot of people get uh, skittish or, or freaked out by the idea of DBS. They think of those things I mentioned earlier, like... Uh, aneurysms or or tumor removals, which are kind of emergent cases that you don't really have a choice. You have to take care of those things. And those are done by those special specialist neurosurgeons, but DBS, we, we know where we're going. We're going to the same place pretty much every time in Parkinson's there's two different targets, but they know they've been doing this for years and years and years. They know how to get there. They know how to avoid blood vessels. It's very, uh, routine not to minimize the risks there are risks and they'll talk about those with each patient but uh, in the world of brain surgery this is a an elective one so it's important for for people to understand that going forward can you um go about the two spots that they go to can you tell us a little more about that sure so yeah abbott is proudly approved for both targets bilaterally in parkinson's disease so there's what's called the subthalamic nucleus uh, otherwise known as the STN, mm-hmm. and there's the globus pallidus internus, which is otherwise known as the GPI. And right. depending on the 
patient, their symptoms, their goals with DBS, uh, academic centers like Jefferson will get together and your neurologist and the neurosurgeons will collaborate. They'll discuss your whole case and figure out which target makes more sense for that patient. So depending on uh, your expectations or your goals, like if you're somebody who's very sensitive to dopamine medication and you get side effects very easily, like dyskinesia, they'll probably choose the GPI because the stimulation of that target actually suppresses dyskinesia. Um, a person we were with yesterday, that was his main problem. And actually just the insertion of the wire without even turning it on suppressed the dyskinesia. So that's wow. a great sign. Um, and then for the STN, if you're somebody who's taking a ton of, of dopamine medication, your doses are low. Yeah, you'll be able to significantly reduce it, um, usually with, with stimulation of the other target, the STN. Uh, you don't see that as much with the GPI, but uh, those are just two examples of why one would choose one target over the other. Regarding the GPI, um, I, uh, I I felt I felt needs. I told you right away. Um, you're, you're, I believe that your GPI. Am I am I right in saying that? I could look it up. But. Yes, I believe so. Um, yeah. But. Um, you know, I was a little confused because um, the GPI, I was told, was more for tremors. And the STN is, is more for people, you know, who have other issues. Um, but oh, I know where I, was, where I was going with this. I know it's not supposed to help you cognitively or anything like that. Right. But when it was turned on and I, and I started walking around, that first night, I felt a clarity. I felt like the clearness in my head. I can't explain it, but it was like it was miraculous. And, you know, I understand that everything works together. So the other thing I think of is, you know, maybe the clarity because other issues were happening that that affected that. And also, um, I, um, my dyskinesia, my, my shaking around everything has, has basically stopped. And I know it's not supposed to do that either. So the dyskinesia part of things we do expect with the GPI for the, for the dyskinesia to settle down with the stimulation of the GPI. So that's great. And that's something that's an expectation that will definitely set for people. Um, but the cognitive stuff, you're absolutely right in saying that we don't, we don't ever uh, promise that that's going to get better or even expect that to get better. The main things that DB, and this is a co another common misconception, like I was talking about earlier with people, they see the videos on YouTube and they think DBS is just for tremor. Um, I see all these videos of people shaking, they're off and then they turn it on and they stop. Right. That that's an artifact of um, that being the most visibly obvious symptom to, to videotape and put on YouTube. So sure. it's, it's tough to, to film things like rigidity or stiffness getting better. You kind of have sure. to be there and feel the, yeah. the person's joints to, to appreciate that symptom getting better or, or bradykinesia. So um, somebody's movements getting more fluid and more smooth, that's a little bit harder to capture on video. So unfortunately, tremor is the easiest one that we can, uh, you know, communicate to people, but, but yeah, stiffness is, there, there are patients who don't have any tremor at all that go for DBS because it loosens them up significantly. So mainly tremor, rigidity, bradykinesia, and then those dopamine medication side effects, those wiggly un involuntary dyskinesia movements, we do uh, very confidently expect to get better. Okay. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. Yes. 
Yeah, but anything non-motor, so you know, cognitive or mood problems, um, we don't typically expect walking or balance to get better. These are all really important expectation setting things that we do with patients so that they don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to get out of my wheelchair and walk like I did 10 years ago. We're, we, you know, we really need to set expectations and implant appropriate candidates, which is part of the reason it's become so much more successful in you know, recent years is because we understand that a, a smaller portion of the Parkinson's population are appropriate candidates and we're only doing the surgery on them as opposed to everybody, which may have been the case decades ago. Sure. Right. Yeah. You had mentioned um, awake surgery versus asleep. Um, yes. how, how was the sleep for his? Um, from a uh, anesthesiological perspective, um, <clears throat> is it just more medication? You still have to numb the, the area of surgery, of course. Um, oh yeah. When someone's awake and you had mentioned you're, you're interacting with them at that point while surgery is being done, are they, do they have sensations that they're experiencing? And from a cognitive perspective, have you ever noticed while things are going on in the brain, things are, are going on in their interaction with you as well? Yeah. The, so with the awake procedure, um, the, one of the downsides is that we do, all, well, it's an upside and a downside at the same time is that we are interacting with the patient. We get to see their symptoms go away when the electrode is in and we're doing the test stimulation, wow. they're awake and we're, we're interacting with them. Sometimes we'll have them write their name. Sometimes we'll have them touch their nose and, and go back and forth, or maybe hold a couple, a, a bottle of water and bring it close to their mouth. We'll check their rigidity, move their arms back and forth and things like that. Have them speak make sure there's no stimulation induced side effects of the voice or anything. <laughs> now that's the upside, but the downside is it could get very tiring and fatiguing. If we do that for an extended period of time, you know, patients undergoing surgery in live time tend to, to fade quickly. So we kind of got to be efficient with our, our intra-op testing. Um, and I will say that, you know, talking about the asleep component of things, I, I can't talk too much on that because None of the DBS companies are technically approved by the FDA for a sleep surgery. That's a specific indication. That's just something that Jefferson offers because they've mastered the technique. But as far as um, promotion or, or talking about it, I, I can't really touch on it too much, despite me being extremely familiar with it, having worked so closely with Jefferson. Sure. Yeah. Yes. And, and you had mentioned the, um, the, narrowing of candidacy, you know, and Howell's very fortunate to, to fit into that uh, realm and to meet all the, the key criteria to it, it benefit from, from everything it has to offer for. Exactly. And I tell people that like all the time, if, if you, even if you're not ready for DBS and you're not seriously considering it right now, there is a window of when you're a good candidate. So too early is probably not, you know, good. If medications are working really well, you know, there's no reason to really think about going for elective brain surgery at that point. If all's well and good, great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're having severe fluctuations that interfere with your everyday life, uh, it's affecting your quality of life and doing things that you want to do because you're trying to time your medication, your meals. You don't know if you're going to be off when you're out. Right. That's really the main time to consider it because it smooths you out. Uh, people tend to think of it as a treatment of 
absolute last resort. And at that point, the medications might have minimal efficacy. You might have other comorbidities. As we age, all of us, Parkinson's or not, we things start to go wrong with our body, whether we get back issues or heart issues, lung issues, um, even cognitive issues with, with people getting older. And that all of those things make you a worse candidate for not only DBS, but any type of surgery. Correct. So there is a point of no return that people unfortunately wait until, and then when they get really, really bad, they go and pursue DBS. And unfortunately the doctor has to say, Hey, you know, sorry, but you're, you might've been a candidate five years ago, but we're going to have to explore other options for you. Sure. So I encourage people to go get a consult, at least with a surgeon, figure out if you're a good candidate. And if so, how much time they think you have, and then, you know, you know, and then it's on your, your terms, then it's on your, your clock. I, you know, it was interesting. I felt like a free agent in sports. I mean, (laughs) I had Jefferson and, 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 um, Jefferson and Penn coming after me with different doctors and they're discussing and they're saying like, now's the time to do it. You're not going to have, you know, they're very clear on that. They're very like, you have a, you have a limited time. So you got to take advantage of it. This is the way you want to think you want to go. Like you're saying. So, I mean, they're very, you know, they really were saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to you. They didn't want to, you know, keep me too high, too, too excited. They wanted to, you know, just be very honest with me. But, um, you know, then I go to the other doctor and talk to him. And uh, I felt like a free agent. I was, I was going to start putting on price on my head. <laughs> yeah. And I think you made the right decision. I mean, no matter where you go, you're going to have a, a good outcome. But it, DBS is getting to a point where it's, it's becoming very um, almost like a, like a boutique type of surgery where we know that we, we've perfected the, the techniques of getting the wire in the right spot. The neurologists are all proficient of on programming. And now it's like, we're splitting hairs in terms of what makes one thing better than another. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, at, at Jefferson, they're, they're, they're really meticulously deliberating over not necessarily where, like how close they get to target, which they do, but it's, it's assumed that that's going to happen because it's been right. so refined. Now it's like, how much less hair can we get away with shaving? How much superficially better can we make this look for the patient? So it's like, it's, it's at another level of convenience for people. Well, Sharon was just, Sharon, and you work well with him. I'm sure you know more than I do, but he's a terrific man. One of the most interesting guys. Uh-huh. He's a brilliant man. And um, I couldn't be happier with my choice. And, um, and we've mentioned throughout our podcast um, that, no one's in this alone, that you've got a team built around you uh, and you've got advocates working with you and, and you need to consult, you need to engage. Uh, and, you know, that's what the medical profession is for. That's what science is for. And um, people shouldn't feel that they've got no options and no one to, to you know, give them some things to consider. Absolutely. And that's why I give every single person my cell phone number and email, and I encourage text messages or phone calls whenever. Most of my time spent driving in the car anyway, so I'm more than happy to talk to people. It's always <laughs> always good to have a, a buddy for, for the long car, car rides out west that I make on a regular sure. basis. But yeah, the education component is key. And there's just so much information that people kind of have to, and that's why I've been doing so many Zooms and I appreciate things like this because it's really, really needed. <clears throat> in the community and sure. uh you know 
So, Carl, can you share any um, resources that our guests can check out, whether it's Abbott's site or other specific sites that yeah, you yeah, suggest yeah. people to? Absolutely. So I work really closely with, so, but before I plug myself, I'll, I'll let people know about people that I work with. So there are multiple rock steady boxing gyms that, you know, I, I'm a big exercise advocate. So Parkinson's are not, especially with Parkinson's, you got to work out and Hal knows this. And that's, you know, part of the reason he's doing so well right now. I'm not going to take all the credit for DBS or, or say it's like a miracle thing, but he's really taking ownership of the physical activity part of things, which is unbelievably important. It's, mm -hmm. it's the only thing that has been proven to actually slow the course of the disease. I went back to Brock City Boxing this week. Oh, Good. awesome. Good. Jen Brown was asking about you. She asked if you're still doing it. So I will tell her that you are. Good. Uh, yeah. She's just opening up a gym. Um, it's really cool. I visited there yesterday very comprehensive program has all different sorts of things it's important that you find out what kind of exercise you like because if you don't like it you're not going to do it sure so you kind of got to figure out what you like and make sure you're doing it three times a week at least and uh that trains your muscles to like you hear the term muscle memory uh, yeah it's, it's a real thing so uh the more you do it the more you maintain it so for resources let me uh so that's pretty straightforward. It would be abbottdbs.com. Nice. You could find everything there. And, you know, we're really excited to be able to keep coming out with new technologies, the most recent of which I'm sure people have heard about at this point, but it's, it's called Virtual Clinic. And that is a remote programming capability, um, which allows patients to get programmed no matter where they are. So if you're on vacation, if you're visiting family, if you're at home in your natural habitat, your neurologist now can make adjustments to your DBS while you're in those places, as opposed to absolutely needing to go back into the office and sitting in the chair and having sure. them, you know, do these types of things, which they still do. It's not meant to replace the in-office visits. It's just meant to supplement them, mm -hmm. uh, potentially get you your DBS optimized more quickly. So faster path to optimization and just be more convenient for you. So like I said, DBS is kind of getting to this point where it's all about, you know, convenience and, and luxury for the patients. And that's something that we're really uh, focused on doing, making the overall experience as, as pleasant as possible. Sure. That was one of the reasons I, um, I, I, I chose Abbott. Because of the remote cap capabilities. Yes. yes. Dr. Sharon was talking to me about that also. And he just said, you know, you know, you don't want to go downtown and there's traffic and there's this, there's that. And, and, you know, and, and all you need to be is like a little tweak or something, you know, and you're driving all this time and, um, you know, Parkinson's patients in general probably aren't the best drivers. So um, <laughs> Dr. Sharan didn't seem uh, too positive about Philadelphia drivers at, at all. And the yeah, rest right, of walking right. around, crossing the yeah, street in Center City. <laughs> and even your neurologist in uh, Abington, I think that we did a remote session just for him to get your settings. He wanted to yes. see what, what your settings were, how you were doing. And, you know, you were at home and we easily logged in, said hi, got the settings and that was it. Yes, nice. that was good. And I always help you. You know that. Yeah, but, you, you know, you have someone out there who needs something like that again or whatever, just let me know. 
Oh, for sure. People love hearing from people who have gone through it. Cause I could say it till I'm blue in the face. Dr. Sean could say it a million times to people and explain, but coming from somebody who lived it is a completely different and honestly more valuable perspective. So I really appreciate that. I'm going to plug myself real quick. Um, one of Dr. Sharon's professors has me doing a Zoom class with them um, sometime real soon. Good. We'll, we'll make sure that when that comes up, we get that information out. So yeah, so I want to tell you about it. that, Frank. Yeah, we'll discuss that at you know, a different, different time, but it's, it's exciting. You know, it's, it's very exciting. Well, Carl, um, thank you for, for taking time out of the early morning. Um, we appreciate that. And um, every, everything you've got to offer as a advocate uh, for Hal and for everybody else out there. Uh, the uh, value that you bring to the medical um, world uh, and, and what Abbott has been able to offer people has been wonderful. Thank you very much. I appreciate Carl, thank you for your time. Thanks a lot, Hal. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going, buddy. And thank you for everything you've done for me. It's much appreciated. Anytime. It's my pleasure. My wife just chatted. Right. Hi, Carl. <laughs> oh, hey. All right, take care. All right. See you next time. Have a good day. Take care. Thank you again. Hal, oh, that was great. Carl is um, so energetic, so enthusiastic, and, and passionate about what he does. Yes. Um, and, you know, he's in the field, he's not a surgeon, um, but as knowledgeable about what's going on with this product and process as the surgeon would be. Absolutely, absolutely. I trust Carl more and more. I do some surgeons as far as this. Well, it's nice to know, Frank, that, um, you know, we got a real problem and we just go right into it and we look it up and do whatever we can. Sure. You know, I mean, I got the doctors working on me. I got, I think the sales rep and like there's help. Yeah. Resources. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that makes me feel good. I feel we'll get this together and just keep on moving forward. Yep. But, just um, keep improving quality of life. Yeah. Um, he, he talked about that. I'm hoping one of the, the big benefits you get is smoothing out of the, uh, the med schedule. Right. And you know, I see how you struggle sometimes to try to get that just right and maintain it. Oh, man, you see and me struggle. You know, nobody's life is planned out right. uh, where you can say, all right, at 2 o'clock I need to do this so that at 3 o'clock I'll be ready for this. Um, but in your case, it's almost needs to be that exact because if you plan to be ready for something at 2 or 3, but you couldn't do what you needed to at 1 or 2 to get ready for it, you're not going to be ready at two or three for absolutely. For I mean, it's this this wedding I have today. I mean, I needed to be ready at a certain time. It's looking iffy, uh -huh. and um, you know, like I said, I need to plan. You know, and the funny thing is, you know, I have an 18 year old son, as you know, Brian. He's like, you know, he, you know, when you're 18, you don't plan things, <laughs> and um, you know, he's like, why do I got to do this? I said, because I need help. And I need you to do what you do. We have a small house, and uh -huh. if you don't do what you do when you're supposed to do it, then um, then mom doesn't really have a chance to do what she do, and, yep. and then I don't do what I do, and then uh, we're all screwed up. Absolutely. Um, but that's not to negate what you said were the immediate effects that you that you found um, right after surgery that you do see you know, things were pretty absolutely, good. absolutely. I mean. You know, I think Robin Williams was in a movie um, years ago where he he, he, um, he took some pills or something. He, he was having problems, took some pills, some medication, and he got back to where he was, you know, in a good way. Uh -huh. 
and then he um, stopped taking the meds, and he, and he, and he started reverting. And um, I don't know the name of the movie. Hmm. Any listeners out there wanted to let me know it, you know, shoot out it out. But um, good movie. Carl also um, reiterated, which has been mentioned, the uh, timing of the candidate, your candidacy for being the optimal uh, patient for DBS. Yes, yes. And um, great advice he gave was gather the information, um, make sure that you know what that window is that you've got available to you um, so that you know when you've got to make any decisions by. Um, the sooner the better in most cases. Yes. Uh, but you need to know when the... Uh, when the window is shut down. If not, you're going to miss it. Yeah. You're going to miss it. And uh, I would hate to see someone miss this because they uh, just weren't paying attention or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too important. Or just weren't ready or, or concerned. You know, he, he yeah. did reiterate how it is brain surgery, but it's... We grew up as boomers. Brain surgery meant, you know, a mad scientist with, yeah. you know, who's going to, you know, toy with your mind or something or turn you into a zombie. Um, obviously, you know, that's not the case with this. And this is, uh, although you did get a placebo, I keep telling you that. You just, they just want to screw with you by putting a couple of holes in your head. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. um, but this is, uh, something that is <clears throat> available to people has been improved upon and is a trusted and a viable resource that does work. So it's Don't get really to the bottom of it. to hear that. Don't get to the bottom of it. I'll be fine. Sure. I'm very confident. With yeah, the, the virtual clinic uh, option that you have through Jefferson is, uh, is so convenient and so, you know, next step that uh, I can't imagine anybody not selecting that as an option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just go on my click, like my, um, you know, my app and press. Uh, I'm not sure you want to press yet, but I just press. Uh, press it, one for English. Yeah, yeah. That can start there. Start there, and um, you know, and just get get right, right, right where I'm going. Awesome. Well, that was wonderful, um, Carl. Again, thank you. Uh, posthumously here, we appreciate your time and. Uh, and look forward to more recovery for Hal, more um, benefiting from the DBS surgery. Take care, everybody, and check out what's shaking. There you go. This has been the What's Shaking Parkinson's Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please check us out on Facebook at What's Shaking Parkinson's Podcast. You can also email us at What's Shaking Podcast at protonmail.com.